Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I have Paul Crosby with me today, who goes by the mantra, constantly innovating. He's an author, he's founder of the Uncommon League, and he's been consulting with companies such as IBM, and now we'll talk about his book, we're going to talk about harnessing failure, resiliency, we talk about tech, it comes from a tech background, this idea of positive conflict. And um, uh, Paul, welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we had uh, we connected through Podmatch. So um, tell the audience about who, you know, your background, your story, and we'll dive right into it. Yeah, so I started off uh, a bazillion years ago um, when the Earth crust was still forming. And, you know, I started my career in um, the world of IT and, you know, telecommunications and running cables and crawling through the ceilings and all that kind of fun and exciting stuff. So I had a lot of fun um, doing that. Kind of grew up in in that profession. Went into project management. I did a lot of coaching and teaching and process improvement and all that fun stuff. Greenbelt, Kaizen, Demaic, you know all the good stuff. <laughs> and just kind of grew up in that, and eventually led a, a project management office, as you know, and kind of led project managers on helping uh, and coach them and helping them to get their projects completed uh, successfully. Managed a three hundred twenty-five million dollar portfolio of good stuff, um, and then from there um, had this realization that I was kind of at the top as a CFO, I was um, kind of just as far as my career was going to go. And I was like, okay, so what's the next step? And and so that's when I started going out and speaking and, and, and had a um, great introduction to that. Um, Amy Riddell with McGregor Communications, she gave me a, a shot, um, had a great time and I got the bug since. So I've been <laughs> doing that, um, writing books, uh, four of them now, which is a huge thing for me because I'm, I'm not, I'm an introvert by my own nature. So I'm not, you know, like an extrovert. I talk a lot. I mean, you know, I think if the, for the folks that knew me in college, they probably would tell you that they only heard me say four or five words for four years. Very introverted. So it was kind of like this big challenge for me to come out as an author and as a speaker. Yeah. yeah I love that. And um, yeah, it sounds like you've done uh, what a lot of people have done, basically start from some industry, some field, get a skill set and use what's called transferable skill sets to either do something adjacent or something similar or something new, um, work for themselves, be their own boss, control their time income, uh, which is what we are all about today. We'll get, we'll get right into it. And, um, so this thing is idea of this, um, I talked about conflict with a previous podcast guest and we're, we're talking about in this days, we're always conflict averse and uh, companies have all these like 
you know, rules of engagement, but talk about what is positive conflict. Well, positive conflict is, is a new way of looking at conflict and, and, and the way that we approach it. So in, in you know, when, in the book, positive conflict, what I, what I talk about is we have a sort of innate preference, right? That w- the way that we've kind of grown up and kind of how we work with conflict, right? You know, um, you have the people that are competitive, you have the people that kind of, you know, step back a little bit, they're not sure, all, all that, but you, you got to understand yourself a little bit, right? Put the mirror, look into the mirror and kind of understand how you yourself work with conflict. Uh, me, I like to step back a little bit and understand kind of, hey, what's going on out there? And before I, you know, jump into it, some people aren't that way. They'll jump right in. Um, and and so understanding your personal approach to it is, is, is a good thing. The other thing is the TKI model, which is a, an important model that talks about how we as a group do conflict or as between two individuals. Um, you know, where you have, obviously, the thing that you want is the collaborating piece of it. But sometimes you get into um, these competitive where I win, you lose sort of mentality is up in there. And then you have just apathy, which is like, yeah, lose, lose. That's fine. I don't care. I'm not going to, you know, it's a yes, dear moment, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not going to have the argument. I don't care. I'm just going to let it go, Right. And, and so, you know, you kind of understand how the, the group thinking works. And then the, the, the model that I bring to it is, is kind of where it's uh, friction, collaboration, and resolution. And you, when you start off with friction, you understand that the friction is about this task, this idea, this, this, this thing that you're both working on, right? And that you're trying to resolve. And, and friction is important because in friction, that is where we get broad, broad, holistic yeah. views, right? Because you know, you're not, you're not, you're not limited. And helpfully during that friction, we get to an honest opinion, right? We we let it go. We we drop the walls, we talk about it in an open, honest way. And that can be really hard, right? And it can certainly cause more friction. And we have to understand that friction and just being able to kind of understand each other is an important part of that of that process. Now, when we get to collaboration, we're like, "Hey, wait a minute! We 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 we've got potential solutions here. So let's let's work through this." And it's about experimentation. It's about going out there and trying different things. I mean, I, I like the story of Thomas Edison and the light bulb filament where he didn't have just one team working on that light bulb filament. He had a dozen teams working on it. And incredible, because I mean, think about that in today's world. If you walked into your boss's office and he told you that there was a dozen other teams working on the same thing you're working on, you'd be like, what? This is this doesn't seem right, right? But what, what he did was kind of brilliant there is because they all approached that solution from different angles. And they all approached it in a different way. And you got a broader perspective of the potential, the possibilities that were there. And that's really what this is all about, is creating those possibilities, right? You know, be able to solve that problem in a, in a new and exciting way. And I think that that sort of moment is the moment that I look for, is because this getting 360 POV point of view 
getting around it, getting everybody's perspective of what they see the solution is, is really super powerful. It's, it's just like this amazing thing, pardon the expression, the light bulb goes off, right? And you can kind of see things a little bit better. Um, and then you take all this stuff and you kind of combine it together in resolution where we talk about, hey, wait a minute, you know, what if we take the best of this and the best of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that? It's sort of like you're in the kitchen making your favorite uh, dinner, right? You're taking a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit, and you're throwing it all in the pot and making it work. And, th and that's really what the, the positive conflict model is all about is, is understanding how to do that. We do that with a technique called four houses where we, we, we have folks look at the particular experiments that have been done and the, and the solutions that they've come up with. And we say, hey, wait a minute, I want you to go around the table and I want you to keep positive and I want you to tell me what the, the best thing is about that particular thing. What is the one part of that solution that this team has created is remarkable, is positive. And then you take all of these positive things and you sort of combine them into the middle and then mix them up into one common solution. And it's it's a fun exercise. It actually is, and it's very engaging and, and folks get our, get you know really excited and passionate about it. And you know, you can't ask for more than that because you're really gonna get a solid design. You're gonna get a good decision that way. And so that's kind of how the, the positive conflict model works. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you go quite into detail and um, for all the audience out there listening, um, Paul's resources will be in the links in his show notes so you can follow him. Um, the other thing is um, talking about, because uh, you talked about, you know, somebody giving you a chance. So talk about empowering new talent in technology careers. Yeah, I think throughout my career, I always found there was a couple of different things that I did. One of the things that was probably heresy in the corporate world was was I figured out what all of my team members were and I figured out what, what they were really strong at and I figured out what they weren't were not so strong at. And I, and I looked at all of them and I figured a way to just balance that by hiring people that don't necessarily have the same strengths as my, my other team members, but their, their strengths cover up the weaknesses of my other team members. So what I'm doing is I, I was building a team that was was focusing on, yeah, well, let's shore up these weaknesses. Let's let's focus on that. Because I was doing that, I wasn't picking people that were typically the ones that you would normally hire for, for these roles. They were probably outside the box a little bit or box adjacent, if you will. But they had the right skill level, right? They had the way of, of getting that one skill that my team just didn't really have, whether it was organizing or workshops or whatever crazy skill that it was. I was able to bring that in and sort of shore up the whole the whole team. And so I, I was giving chances to a, a lot of new people that had never been in a project management role. And it was a challenge, right? Because, you know, you, you mentor them and you coach them and you get, you know, give them the things that they need uh, to succeed as a, a project manager in that environment or as a manager in general um, and just kind of give them, give them that, that, that leg up, but then also don't abandon them. Make sure you give them the, the coaching, the, the opportunities for training, you know, the mentoring really help them understand that. The other thing that I was really successful about it was, it was having the team understand that, hey, wait a minute, 
if you've got a shortfall and you're not so strong in conducting a workshop or something like that, right? But this person over here is really good at it. Why not team up? Why, why do you feel that you have to be absolutely 100% perfection? That, that's, that's not reality, right? Nobody's 100% perfect. I'm not. I know I'm not. And finding this person who can do this and help you with this and build this for you is, an, is also a way that I had found so I, you know, I, I hired secretaries and administrative assistants and a food prep chef into this role of handling IT high-end technology projects. And they all came to the table with this little different skill set, right? And, they, and that was the thing that just kind of made the team all that much more powerful and productive and effective is because they were able to balance each other out. They understood where each other, uh, you know, where they lie and it, it kind of how they work, right? So they figured out how each other, other tick on that team and they're like, yeah, this is what we do. And they were quick to cover up each other's, you know, if they saw somebody was struggling because of their weakness, they were right over there. They knew it, they understood it. And they were like, bam, let's get over there and let's, let's help them out. <laughs> and, you know, laissez-faire management. I wasn't doing anything. They were doing it amongst themselves. And it was a self-managed sort of concept. Um, it was long before Agile had ever taken root. And it was just this wonderful thing. And, and people wanted to work on that team. They wanted to work with that team. And, and that was the biggest moment for me where I was like, oh, this, this is really great. Because how many times do you, you know, you get on a team and you really want to work with them? Yeah. Maybe sometimes, you know, sometimes not. And so, you know, having a team where everybody wants to work with them was amazing. And it was a great experience for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love how you, uh, you know, combine stories. And then one thing that you uh, alluded to in the beginning was you went, you did, a, you went on the podcast, you went presenting at global events. So talk about the leadership lessons that you learned from presenting in becoming an influencer, a thought leader at these events? Well, you know, I, I think the, the one thing I, that I've always been fascinated about is uh, the, how other people see the world. I've, I've always been fascinated by that because that insight and how they see from a different angle that I could never see gives me this, this whole deeper understanding. So as a very, you know, introverted analytical person, I'm kind of prone to kind of listening very carefully to what kind of what folks are saying um, and what they're doing. And I'm very, very observant and perceptive, usually, usually, sometimes not. But, you know, I kind of like to see what what's kind of making them tick, right? And I think when I first started off speaking in the circuit, you know, my first presentation, probably my symposium wasn't exactly the most exciting. I, I well, I will definitely say that. And I think that I got more out of having the conversation with the folks that were in the room and, and kind of the folks that even weren't in the room, more at the lunch table and the networking events and you know having a few beers with folks after the conference. I learned more during those sessions than I learned probably for years in the classroom. And so it was just this, uh, this gift that I was given um, to just be able to kind of put it all together. And I think that's what kind of helped me we build a larger base of knowledge. I, I, I am quick to say that I will never know it all. And I, I don't think anyone should ever know it all. It's just, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, the know-it-all, you know, we always hate those people anyway. And I, I think it's this journey of constant learning of, of going out there and just getting the perspectives and, and the variety um, and just being kind of fearless in, in doing kind of stupid things. I, you know, like I, I gave the example of, you know, I have never uh, snow ski, downhill skiing in my life. I've never done it. And um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. What the hell? What could possibly? Well, you know, a lot of things. Went wrong, but, you know, I smashed into a pine tree. It was okay. You know, I still yeah. love the smell of pine at Christmas. So it's okay. Just it was an interesting perspective to kind of see how they were sort of working. And, and it's strange because you think, what the heck does a ski instructor have to do with IT? But it was in, the, in there, actually, when you started to look at them and how they were problem solving and how they were looking at things and their view on how they were to teach a class and how they would look at each individual person and figure out, like, who's probably going to make it to, you know, skiing the Black Diamond to who's going to be having trouble with the Bunny Hill. That would be me. And, and just kind of assessing people and, and, you know, learning them, but also how they coached people how they interacted with people. I mean, that, that was a totally new, new thing for me too. And, and so, you know, even in the most weirdest of situations, uh, you're, you're gonna learn something about how to interact with people, about how different uh, processes and things work together. I mean, even when I go to the airport, it's terrible because I will de deconstruct all of those processes from the moment I get into the door all the way till I'm on the plane. Um, taking off. It's like, oh, okay, this is how they do this. This is how they do that. And I'm kind of, you know, this is how TSA works. I can see this. Da, 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 da. This is, oh, this is the, the jet bridge. Okay, that's how that works. So, you know, it's it's silly, but this constant drive to kind of learn and and just understand, I think, is what is is very helpful for my leadership. And and it, it's something that I value because I think all of that has grown me as an individual into being able to speak to some of these subjects with some authority. Yeah. How can people uh, contact you, follow you, reach out to you, uh, check out your social media, et cetera? You know, I'm on LinkedIn. That's my primary one. Uh, you can just Paul Crosby uh, and you'll find me. Uh, well, there's the architect and the hockey player and the football player. I mean, Crosby is like Smith. You're going to probably find quite a few of them out there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the, I'm the author. <laughs> it's uh no, that's a good, that's a good title to have is author because that means you've, you know, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, strategic ma maximizer, innovator, leader, and product project. And uh, so for all the audience out there, be thanks. Let's thank. Paul for coming onto the show. Um, really, I love the way he embedded story and just kind of experience and wisdom and his answers and uh, all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. Check him out on LinkedIn. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week